The bottom line bombs, Scottish Open, Lynx bombs, and Coach Regret episode of the Bottom Line Bombs on a Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circus Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. I should start. Stop. Watch and get all the details at circusports.com. Now, with that, let's bomb away. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to another episode of the Bottom Line Bombs. It is Wednesday, July 12th, 11 in the morning out here in the West Coast, an hour early, my usual noon Pacific Monday and Wednesday live episodes, an hour early, means nothing to people listening on the podcast, um, because we had to make room for Picks Dundee. Who's doing his A to Z college football previews? He's on the case, and you know you got your Kentucky, your Kansas, your Kansas State. So we got to clear the room for Dundee. I love it. Subscribe to all of his shows: college experience, football experience, all that. He's a he's a madman. Great guy. Um, anyway, welcome. This is the Bottom Line Bombs. Though I'm the man in the box. More importantly. Bringing the hot, <laughs> hot six. We got a great episode today. We got more on the Pat Fitzgerald and Bob Huggins. I talked about it a little bit on Monday, and then he got then Fitzgerald got fired as soon as I got as soon as I got off the air. As soon as I put the episode in the can, although I did predict that, as everyone else did. Sound like I was a no shadamas with that. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I'll recap some of last night's stuff of the All Star Game. Um, I'm going to detonate some bombs, some more golf bombs. We have the Scottish Open, some Lynx bombs. The Scots, the Scottish Lynx, it's Lynx, which is the uh, warm-up round match pretty much for the British Open, which is next week. At the Royal London. This one's at the Renaissance Club in Scotland. The problem with Scots. There's so many Scots. That's from Braveheart. We used to always quote that uh, line from Braveheart. The, the king of England goes, the problem with Scotland is that there's too many Scots. I should probably have that sound bite instead of doing it myself. I, I, I can't imagine uh, the shrill, the, the listener's ears it is listening to me do those impressions while I'm all coffeeed up. But anyway, um, I got it. Oh, I, I do have a soundboard coming now. My own, right now, as you know, I use... As you know, I just assume, as you know, I use the main guy, Sean Green and Kramer's iPad for their soundboard. And occasionally I'll get Dundee's soundboard. And yesterday was Amazon Prime Day and I was waiting to get me a refurbished fire tablet. Here we go. 60 bucks. Let's go. Ship it. You like that? You like that? You goddamn right, Bezos. I'm giving Bezos all my pesos. Uh, Amazon Prime Day. What a great, great <laughs> day. So hopefully I'll, I'll be able to load up some fun sound bombs. So I might as well lean into this ridiculous radio persona and just drop all the sound bombs. The sound bombs you can, you know. That way I don't have to do, I don't have to have be a slave to uh, Ryan and Sean's here, Kramer and Green's. With, it's just them talking homophobic. Uh, I want a dick rubbed on me tonight. 
That's Ryan Kramer's. Um, that sounds like he's a part of the Northwestern football team. Anyway, let's get into it. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's all in today's show. And of course, we'll have a man in a box about. Uh, I got a few things I want to talk about. A man in a box. Um, probably some movie experiences. A dine-in thing. I saw. I saw Mission Impossible last night. I'm. Not, I'm not gonna lie to you, fans. I did not watch the All Star game. I watched the first inning. The back-to-back uh, fly ball catches against the wall. That was kind of exciting. And then uh, then um, that was it. Then I had to uh, go through eight hours of LA traffic to get over to Glendale to see Mission Impossible at the Look-In Cinema. Um, it was a thrill ride. Tom, Tom did it again. It's what he does. Does his own stunts. Can't do the same thing with green screen. He's got to do it himself. He's got to drive a motorcycle off a mountain. Why? Why do you have to put thousands of people's of jobs at risk? An entire studio at risk. Imagine being a part of the crew. Why is our fucking billion dollar asshole flying, driving this motorcycle off a mountain again? We, it's not like we even have a close up of why. Well, he likes to do these things instead of confront uh, who he really is. That's an old Kyle Canane. Kyle Canane was on my podcast, one of my business locker room podcast, and he said, <laughs> I'll, pro- I'll credit him. Canane says, uh, who's a great comedian? Get his new special on YouTube, Kyle Canane, strutting and spuffing or something. He's one of, he's one of the best, period. Uh, but he had, he had a joke about how Tom Cruise, uh, he'll do anything, like fly a spaceship, what anything to avoid confronting the fact that he's gay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take this rocket off to the moon better than that than thinking about a dick. Anyway, I love Tom Cruise. I, I won't say a bad word about him. Not that that's even a bad word about him. Uh, he did it again. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is a weird series where, like, it, it's kind of like Fast and Furious where it's better than Fast and Furious, obviously, but it, uh, it didn't really get its sea legs until four, you know, the fourth installment. The first three are good. They're fine. You know, they're great movies. But then the fourth one, they're finally like, you know what? Fuck it. Who, who cares about the show? Who cares about anything? Let's just do what we want to do. Fast Furious are the same thing. Like, why, why are we racing cars? Who cares? Put them in space. Who gives a shit? And they're right. And, once you, and that's very liberating. And uh, it's awesome. So Cruz says he wants to make it for 20 more years. Why not? Uh, it's not as much. The TV show Mission Impossible was all about the team. You know, the team of Mission Impossible, everyone played a role. There's no team involved at all here. It's just Tom Cruise doing his shit. Ving Rhames, by the way. He's not going to only consider him and Simon Pace. Ving Rhames has been there since the beginning. I'm not saying put a wellness check on Ving Rhames, but I'm starting to get a little concerned. He, uh, he's, he's getting up there. He's just like, oh, God, Ethan, I'm going to. I'm going to go find a coffee shop and go offline somewhere and I'll hack into the mainframe, but uh, I want to sit this one out, okay? I'm 72 years old, dog. Vig <laughs> was kind of struggling in this one. I love, everyone loves Vig Ramos, Marcellus Wallace, but uh, whew. anyway, he pulled through. Mission Impossible is great, but the All-Star game was the All-Star. I'll talk a little bit about it. I mean, I've, of course, watched the recaps of it, and I... People are like it's boring. Well, well, if you if you think it's boring, it's, I mean, it, sure it is, but baseball is boring. But as far as the All Star games goes, it's definitely 
of the four, the most, you know, reflective of the actual game that's played during the regular season because you can play it because no one's hitting each other. Like, it's not like football where like, you can't play an all-star game because someone's going to get hurt for no, for no reason. In basketball, they're just like, yeah, we're sick of running. <laughs> basketball all-star games are funny. They don't play defense, which I get. I mean, I get, you know, like, we, yeah, I, we don't want to try and run. We, we do this all year. You know how hard this is? So baseball, you have to pay attention or you're going to get killed. A baseball's coming at you at 100 miles an hour. So it was a good game, I guess. I was told. Home run in the eighth. I did see uh, people were pissed about a home run going foul, that, that home run that they thought tied a game, and then they, they replay challenged it and said it was foul. They called it a home run fair, and then review, it was close, and review said it was actually foul. We were like, come on, it's the officer. Just let him have it. I just like that. Just let him have it. Who cares? Well, then. If that's the case, let all foul balls be fucking home run. <laughs> you can't, you can't, I, I can see, like, it's just an all-star game. Let's not call box and shit like that. But come on. I mean, if the ball's foul, it's foul. What are you going to do? Everyone was. It was funny that everyone was rooting for it to be a tie game because they changed the extra innings. Obviously, they weren't going to put that ghost runner bullshit out there. But they were going to do a home run derby to settle a tie. Every announcer is openly rooting for a home run der, for a tie. It's kind of great. Well, if that's the case, then just do it. Why, why, why are we setting up the situation? If, if you finally found something that's exciting in baseball, have two teams do a home run derby to settle, just do the whole thing that way. Then I don't get it. Nah, it's gotta be right. There we go. Three, two, no one gives a shit. Another Perez. I haven't heard of the guy one. That's always a red flag when a thirty a thirty two year old first time All Star catcher hits a hitting home runs. It's uh, that's a, he's a throwback player throwing back to the steroid era. Anyway, um, so that was that. Uh, that was that. That was a great All Star game, and by that I meant the movie Mission Impossible Part One. That's the other thing. It's, it's a two-parter. You're breaking up sequels into parts now? This is uh, part seven or part eight, part chapter seven, part one. What, what is this, the Bible? Tom Cruise. It is. It's your Scientology Bible. <laughs> I got to hang around for another two and a half hour fucking fest. Anyway, when we come back, we'll talk about um, those stories I said, Fitzgerald and Huggins, maybe a little SB talk, and then I'll give out some Scottish Genesis, Scottish open bombs, the Scots and the links, and then, of course, a man in a box. But first, let me tell you, let me clear my throat. Uh, of course, we're talking about again about circus sports. The Circus Millions and Survivors are back. Two of the greatest football NFL contests you can get into. NFL season, thank God, is approaching, and you want to get into these Survivor and Million Pick contests. It's a season-long thing. It's great. You don't get soaked every week, you know? You play it season-long. So they have the Survivor Contest. We pick one game, no spread, just win, and you can't pick them again. Sounds easy. It's not. Um, cir circa Millions, you pick five games each week against spread. And it's a season-long contest. That doesn't sound so easy, and you're right. It's not either. But it's fun. They're both a lot of fun. And there's so much money. $14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. 
So Sports Game Podcast, we're going to be out there the last weekend in August. CircusSports.com for all the details. CircusSports.com. What would you do with the money if you won? That's what they tell me to read in this ad read. <laughs> what would you do with all that money? I'd parlay it, probably. I'd roll it into some more bets, some real bets. $14 million? Now we can make some money. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just played the Powerball, which is uh, up again for grab. I lost the Mega Millions, lost the Powerball. I love it. I hope it never hits because I love playing the Powerball because you know you're not going to win. I've talked about this plenty of times before. But you're just buying a ticket to dream. So as long as no one wins, you can buy that Powerball ticket. You're just like, here, we can't even dream for free anymore. That's the situation with the Powerball. Like, I can't even have thoughts of a better life because you know it's impossible. But with, with a lottery ticket, you can buy it. So here's $2, sir. Just tell me there's something out there. Tell me there's something better than this. Let me put this under my pillow and sleep and dream of a house without mortgage and rent that's not insanely high. And getting a to-go order that doesn't have some kind of service fee on it. Anyway. <laughs> I won't get into the whole Powerball talk. I've talked about that plenty of time on this show. Um... But I, I do like the articles that come up about it. Hey, this is what happens if you win, man. It's all these check ones. Thanks. Thank you. I know. Take the lump sum. You don't want to get caught in that 40-year plan. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> if you die, you know, something happens to you. They keep, they keep the money, so you don't know what's going to happen. That's my joke. My joke is, and uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know what's going to happen 40 years from now, but I do know what's going to happen if I get a half a billion dollars in my lap today. I'll be dead tomorrow. So, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, let's see. It's a, it's a dark times here in in the uh, in the summer. Middle. It's literally middle of the summer. The dog days of summer. Today is even worse than the day before the MLB All-Star Game. This is probably the worst day in sports of the calendar year. That's why you need me, the man in the box. Imagine if I believe that. That's why you need me. Um, <laughs> get you through it. No, there's two days in the calendar year where aren't where there aren't any real well men's sports uh, going on. And that's the day before the MLB All-Star Game and the day after. The day before, at least, has the home run derby, and we can bet on that, which we lost, by the way. We lost all our bets once Garcia lost. Um, but they have some Wimbledon shit. I lost all those Wimbledon, too. I had fucking, can you believe I had what's-her-face that got Uga, Iga, the number one player in the world. She was minus 600. I had her to win the quarters at minus 110. She lost. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, so today, so this is the day ESPN does the ESPY Awards. The sports prom. It's insufferable. And I get it. They take advantage of this day. So they have an award show for sports. Who was the best football team of 2022? 
Uh, I don't know, ESPN. Didn't football figure that out? It was Kansas City. They, they, they had a whole game. They had a whole thing when they showed it. I thought only like talking about that game. Eagles got robbed. Eagles got robbed by an ice skating of a surface. Anyway, but like, yeah, who who was the best? Who was the best basketball team? Was it the Lakers, the Nuggets, uh, the Yukon Huskies, Milwaukee Bucks, or the Shanghai Sharks? Um, okay, I want to say I want to say the Nuggets. Didn't 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 didn't, didn't the NBA decide that? That they were better than the Lakers? Yeah, but according to our votes, the Lakers are still better. Yes, we started off fun. You know, they were given they gave an award. It started off with that guy, uh, that Bears fan who on Monday Night Football, remember he jumped out of the stands and caught a field goal? He had a mullet and shit. He was awesome. He jumped. Guy kicked a field goal. The ball goes around. No net. The guy jumped out and just like caught the ball and then plummeted like Tom Cruise 30 yards down. <laughs> and they gave it an SP. That was back when you could do tomfoolery in the fans. Like, ah, that's what an SPs are for. Bullshit like that. And then you have a comic hosting and Norm McDonald ripping them, doing OJ jokes. And, that was pro- and then all of a sudden, then ESPN, they're jocks. They don't like being made fun of. So now they transferred over to athletes hosting. Now we got to suffer through like Seth Curry doing a monologue. I mean, why? Why do we need? <laughs> they're so ridiculous. They just can't even take jokes by themselves. Oh, the ESPs. It's unwatchable. Everything's unwatchable. ESPN is just ESPN. ESPN has celebrating themselves after firing half their staff and personalities is fucking ballsy. Well, who are you wearing tonight? Um, <laughs> so I'm wearing Salvation Army because I got fired. Disney, you pieces of shit. Now it's all sappy and it's all ridiculous sappy. Arthur, it was fine. To, Jim Valvano had the famous speech. It was a great speech because he's, you know, he's a Paisan culture dying of cancer. You can take my rights. You can take my rights. But you can never take. They play it every year. And it's a great speech. It's one of the greatest speeches. You always make fun. They, by God, they, they, do, they do playing it to the ground. If you cry every day. If you laugh every day, if you take a shit every day, take a walk, cough every day, contemplate, put yourself in thought every day. If you illegally recruit every day, wake up with a semi every day, have... Eight glasses of water every... That's a long day. That's a, that's a rough a day. I'm a Jimmy V. Love Jimmy V. Shout out. He has done a lot for the cancer research. I, I, uh, I will say that. As a man... <laughs> as a man... As a man... Who, who talks in front of you as a microphone... Who had both parents... Taken from this life, stricken from the from by the battles of cancer. Uh, 
I do remember this uh, when my parents would go do to chemo and all that stuff at cancer. Like, oh, these facilities are nice. Thank you, Jimmy V. The research is, I mean, all the money put in, the donations is great. Yeah, it, they're still going to die, right, though, Doc? Yeah, no, yeah, we're not curing it. We Cancer is uncurable, but uh, you have a nice waiting room, thanks to Jimmy V speech. Anyway, God bless, I'm not trying to make fun of Jimmy V. Uh, I'm making fun of ESPN now. And now because of that, because of that incredible moment, that incredible speech, and he does, he does the whole Italian thing. And this guy's giving me the light. Oh, but, but the balls, the pizzon, um, because of that, now it's not stop sappiness. And it's just make a wish. Like, for fuck's sakes. Why do we have to cry and be sappy with everything for your goddamn sports prom? Anyway. <laughs> I'm getting carried away And I realize I'm now definitely just screaming to myself The hour early show Doing the 11 o'clock show um, Let's see if the people the people tune in You know what, I didn't, I didn't complain about Twitter yet enough here I think that's the problem I usually complain about Twitter And how to get this thing out there Um mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Anyway, I can't talk about the ESPYs too much. It just, although I do bring up that Jimmy V thing because now Dick Dick Vitale will get the Jimmy V Award at the ESPYs, which I guess is just what the cancer award. Whoever has cancer this year, good for him. They're longtime good friends and personnels. You ever see Dick Vitale? He's eighty-two, by the way. You ever see Dick Vitale before he became uh, the character and cartoon that he is? Like, he's, he has, like, a normal voice. I love these people who get into their voice like that and just, like, all of a sudden, he's digging me. But he wasn't always like that, which is, it's off-putting. Just a fake, well, how exhausting must that be to do that fake character all the time? Oh, diaper daddy, baby. Then he gets home and he wants, <laughs> he probably screams at his wife. Anyway, um, there he goes. The good news is, is Dick Vitale. He doesn't believe it's life-threatening. However, see, that's the thing. I don't think you should get a, the Jimmy V award unless your cancer's life-threatening. You can't just get, you can't just have a fucking little minor lymphoma. Doc says I have to rest the vocal cords. Well, relax. My my voice needs a T.O., baby. Hilarious. Would you write that out? Um, <laughs> anyway, I shouldn't be doing all those things. It's jokes and about cancer. Like I said, you know, let me get out of the fucking ass piece. Let me get into something more cheerful like uh, Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins. Catholics don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're above the fracas, aren't we? No problem. Catholics don't do that. <laughs> That's right. No, we don't do that. We're above the fracas, aren't we? No problem. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, you're, you, I tell you what, any, any school that can throw rubber penises on the floor and then say they didn't do it, I got that. Bob, Rubber penis. Was this I like think that was at the Crosstown Shootout, wasn't it? What? Was that it? It was a, it was a Crosstown Shootout. Yeah, no, what it was was all those fags, those, those Catholic fags, I think. 
behind us. What the fuck? They didn't have one. <laughs> well, Steve, your comments about Bob Huggins. Is he the best? He's the, he's the best. All right, maybe we do need the SBs because this is what happens when sports talk radio starts to try to be funny. <laughs> He's the best. Bob's the best, and Bob is the best. So Bob, of course, did those homophobic th- uh, things on Sports Talk Radio. Uh, West Virginia reviewed it, said we're fine with it, no problem. Come on in, you can still coach. Then he racked up another DUI. Pittsburgh resigned. Sent an email resigning. Went and cleaned out his desk to West Virginia. Apologized the whole thing. Let everyone down. And now Huggins <laughs> kind of nowhere come out and says, you know what? I, I didn't resign. Now that he's that's a typical old man drunk. You wake up with regret. Oh, I'm sorry, I fucked up. And then you then he's sober up a bait. Like, wait a minute, what am I talking about? I'm fine. I'm fine. Fuck you, West Virginia. I didn't do shit. He's claiming, Bob Huggins is claiming that his wife emailed. The resignation letter, because he doesn't have email, because of course not. Because he's Bob Huggins. Who's basically a more punk rock Bobby Knight. My buddy Sean Flannery coined that phrase. Sean Flannery, who I do the Blackout Diaries with. Make sure you subscribe to that. Black Drinking Story podcast. Um, But he's a punk. I always thought, Huggins, you get out of the coaching before you become a Bobby Knight and choke someone out because you're going to do that. But he goes, yeah, my wife, he blamed his wife for emailing. You know, they don't take my wife shit seriously. That's what she wanted. You got to hear from me. He cleaned out his desk. He basically just wants money. He's going to see if he can legally get out of this somehow and throw his wife under the bus at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> then he goes, I'm fine I'm in a world class rehab, rehab center That's what he said I'm in a world class rehabilitation center I'm sure they have a world class one in West Virginia That'd be funny if they just do A, a right wing Trumpian Rehab centers Come to our rehab center where It's not so woke There's no feelings there's no recovery. You just you just get you just empty out the system. Get the pipes clean. Fucking Huggy Bear. He's just amazing. That goddamn wife sent a text, and you're gonna start call that a resignation? I'm in a world class. I'm gonna be good as new. I don't have a drinking problem. I just had a Pittsburgh problem. I was drinking in Pittsburgh. You, dri- you can't dri- drive in Pittsburgh, one of them fucking libtard cities. Get me to the moonshine land of West Virginia. He is right about that. Who the fuck's pulling him over in Morgantown? Nobody. He's Huggy Bear. Anyway. Um, so he regrets <laughs> He regrets his wife residing for him, so now he's just going to try to sue. And West Virginia is like, West Virginia is going to say, we do not accept your, re- your re- revocation of your resignation. Revocation? Revoke it. Revocation, resignation. Sounds like a good band name. Um, so that'd be fun. Move on. All of them move on. The what? It's ho- it's so weird talking about Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins has a weird cult following. People love support. People love supporting these guys anyway. They do the same thing with Pat Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald got fired. Obviously, uh, people are. <laughs> people, I love the media. It's defending him in the press too. 
fall. I mean, before the story gets out, they went from two... How can you go from two weeks of fire just because they caved into the woke mob? They went from two weeks suspension to fired because people found out what they already knew. They thought they could keep it a secret. And once that became... It's the same reason why Ray Rice... Had like a fucking one game suspension, not even till uh, yeah, you're not playing again because because the video got out because everyone saw what they already saw. Remember that the NFL, the NFL saw that video and they're like, ah, it's all right, as long as no one else sees it, we're fine with it. And that's what Northwestern was like, as long as as long as no one else finds out about this report, we're we're good. Pat, take take a couple weeks off and uh, come back refresh end of July. What do you say? And then it's like, well, I've talked about this Monday, but Northwestern messed up because they thought they were a football school and they forgot they're actually a journalism school. The whole school, it's a world-class journalism school. So the student newspaper are fucking kids who can't wait to break this story. They hate football. They love journalism. So Northwestern came out. Yeah, we had a little third party independent investigative that we that we've paid for. Yep, yep, six months. Uh, so that's that should be that. What's funny is the third party. They're like they already had a third party uh, investigative, and and they found found them guilty. The Northwestern just didn't care. They just said okay, but we but we bought it, so we get to control your synopsis. That law firm, the third-party investigators, they're like, they said, yeah, you need cameras in the locker room, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. You can't have fucking cameras in a locker room anywhere. If you go to a gym, you see that, by the way. Because there's cameras everywhere, and they have to remind you, do not take your camera out. You will be fucking prosecuted, even if it's an accident. Um. So, yeah, so Northwestern thought I could sweep it under the rug like they're Penn State. Yeah, you're not Penn State. You have to win games to be Penn State. Then we'll let your coach fuck players in the locker room or whatever, or kids or whatever the hell he did. Uh, then we'll, we'll allow that for 20, 30 years. But, no, you're 1-11. And we got a school of fucking raging journalists ready to blow the lid off this thing. And they did. So, anyway. People defending Pat Fitzgerald. And then there was a story where this they they threw some quarterback who transferred under the bus. Here's the whistleblower. He wanted to get Fitzgerald fired. The whistleblower. Which that's not what a whistleblower. That's not even the definition of a whistleblower. A whistleblower creates an investigation. I mean, he, he they're saying he did it. And first of all, like, like all the players agreed. It's not like he just made up this shit. They're trying to say this kid made up the shit. These stories. Like all the whatever, I don't get too into it. But the whole fucking team, all the players are like, yep, that's what we do. Little town, little grab ass and little town foolery. They do say, well, you know, that's just Division One football. People, that's what people are defending. But that's Division One football. That's what they do. It's just bond. That's how people bond. You need to do that for team male tribes. Yep, that's bonding. <laughs> running a train on someone is bonding. I don't know. Maybe we maybe we try not doing that. See see if that works too. See if not hazing works. 
I know you. I know, the only reason people say they well, other people have done it, so we want to make you. You always think that, like, when we get hazy, well, when I get to my position, I'm not going to do it. Then you're like, ah, fuck it. I did it. You got to do it. I got to suffer. You got to suffer. That's always a good way. That's always good logic. Anyway, let's get out of this. Uh, let me take a quick ad break here. Let me write this thing down, too. Let me write down the time. Um, and then we come back. I'll get into the Scottish Open, the Genesis Scottish Open, the Scots, and the Lynx bombs. I'll give you some actual bombs for the weekend. And then, of course, a man in a box. But first, let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The best ball mania four is here. Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Wow. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog. And Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Head on over to underdog. Bet the under over. Bet the over-unders on the underdog. Head on over to underdog, underdog. Um, also, thank you for watching live on YouTube. Everyone in there in the comments. Uh, make sure you smash the subscribe button and like this video on YouTube. And with that, we're back on the bottom line bombs. It's time to drop some bombs and talk a little Scottish Open. The Genesis Scottish Open, diminishing impossible. Um, anyway, yeah, let's get into it. Um, I told you to subscribe. Also, if you're not subscribed to this show, I don't even understand how that works. Maybe you're watching this individual episode or listening to this individual episode. Please subscribe to the Bottom Line Bombs right here with CJ Sullivan on SGPN or wherever pods are told. I don't even care if you listen to it. Just subscribe to it. Give me the goddamn numbers. Write some five-star reviews. Anyway, let's talk about the Scottish Open, which is happening at the Renaissance Club in Scotland on Gulf Coast. The origin of the sport golf. Um, it's weird. It, it, so the, the golf course in Scotland, it's, you know, it's beautiful. It's, they're called Lynx courses, of course. Lynx is a different game of golf. It's, it's very windy. You got to keep the ball low. The bunkers go halfway down to the earth and shit like that. The rough and the fairway look the same. Everything's unkept. People are drinking pints. There's dogs running around, sheep dogs running around. The fucking grass is up to your goddamn hips. There's a lighthouse and rocks. It's Lynx golf. Um, but this course, for some reason, it's not actually, it's not a natural Lynx course, so they kind of just flew in Scotland shit and put it in there. <laughs> yeah, let's just drop a castle on this fairway or something. Make it make it more Scotland. But everyone kilts and get everyone drunk and Scotch whiskey. Um, so the handicapping on this, this is, of course, the tournament before the British Open. Next weekend at the Relux is uh, the British Open. We'll have a better, bigger episode uh, for that next week. I'll have a bigger preview for that. I might bring in some guests. I want to be on the road. I'm going to be in Chicago. Um, so it'll be fun. So this is kind of the warm-up act. So a lot of the American players, they went over there, all the PGA players, they went over there last week, kind of a warm-up. You saw them at Wimbledon wearing their little Wimbledon outfits. 
with bring the wives over for the little summer European trip, and then they do the Scottish Open. It used to be a pretty big tournament. It still is. But it's also the week before a warm-up. And it gets you gets your feet settled with the links, how to play links, because it is a completely different way to play links. Um so there's a lot of so a lot, all the good golfers are in it. But you gotta but the, the motivation is tough. And the and the, and the handicapping for the course, like I was saying, I was like they they're all they all say the same thing because it's a weird, like kind of a fake Scotland course. If it's windy, it's impossible to play. Like every other links course. But if there's no wind, wind, man, it's pretty easy. So a good way to look at this actually is to watch the first round. And and like you don't um you can play someone off the board. Like let's say like Scotty Scheffler, he's the favorite. He's like six to one. I do not recommend a Scotty Scheffler play. Let me look, let me look up all the odds, actually. I do not recommend a Scotty Scheffler play at uh six to one. Because that's low, that's obviously low numbers. Um, but if he has a bad first round, you can get him live in, 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 uh, you know, in play at like 20 to one. Then he grab on because he is the best golfer in the world. Don't, don't ever forget that. Um, but we're, we're not going to do that. We're not going to, we're not going to do any American golfers. Let me see. Let me see. We, we get some good futures on here. Um, the Scottish Open. I love it. So Scott Scheffler's the favorite at 650. Then you got Rory McIlroy at 8 to 1. I'm on Cantlay at 16 to 1 is after that. Then he gets then he's second in there. These are all golfers I don't want to play. I don't want to play any of them. Uh Rory. I think Rory's gonna have a great British open, of course. So he will have a team. But see, I don't think their mindset. You have to look at the people who do the tune-ups, but actually focus on it. Not just hacking around in the links in there with their sheepdogs. So Scheffler's too low of an eyes to play. Rory, I don't like that. Cantlay, I don't he's he doesn't really do well in the links. Cantlay's a very, you know. Cantlay's like your your loud he's great, but uh he's your asshole Yankee American who complains about the conditions over his This is ridiculous. Look at this rough because he's playing bad and it's tough. Uh Xander, not bad. Victor Hovland, his eyes 18 to 1, way too low. Uh, he should be like thirty-five to one because he's uh, he's also a golfer who uh, he's just learning to chip now, and they want him to play the links course. No, thank you. Um, Tyrell Hatton. Now we're getting into something here. Tyrell Hatton, eighteen to one. He's been hot. I like Tyrell Hatton a lot. He, uh, now he's a guy who always plays well the round before a major. And that's what you have to look for. He takes these tune ups seriously and, and let, lets it all out there. Tyrell Hatton, I'm just going to keep saying that name. He's one of the guys we're going to focus on because of that. So when I say he's 18 to 1 to win it, we give out that bomb, but also. You back all these up with a top 10. So what's Tyrell Hatton in the top 10? Tyrell Hatton is plus 165 top 10. So I like that. So we're going to give out Tyrell Hatton, 18 to 1, bomb it. And top 10 plus 165, bomb that. 
My other one we're going to focus on is is uh, Tommy Fleetwood. He's at twenty five to one. Tommy Fleetwood. He missed a cup, but then he's been playing great. This is going to be the fourth time. He came in like third in the open. Remember or fourth in the open, something like that. But he's been hot too. But then he missed a cut, so kind of people kind of forgot about him again. But he's been great. This is going to be the fourth time he's played at this venue, I think, this year. Because he plays. See, that's another thing. You want to get, you don't want to take too many Americans. You want people that are familiar with the Euro Scots golf. When you're playing the Scots golf. Because they take it seriously, too. They like defending it. So you got Tommy Fleetwood. First of all, let me just give that out. Tommy Fleetwood bombed 25 to 1. Oop. And you back that up with a Tommy Fleetwood top 10 plus 185. Wow, man. Um, hold on. Let me get back to this. I'm just going to focus. I don't want to spread out, spread it out too much. A lot of people like Matt Fitzpatrick this week because he does really well at this course. He's a 28th and one, but he's not playing that great, Matt Fitzpatrick. A lot of people get too tied up in the, the course history. Yes, he does have great course history here, but it doesn't automatically mean, you know, he's going to play well. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, there's some stages I do great at, but if I haven't done comedy, and if I haven't worked in a while, which I haven't, uh, it doesn't matter. It's just not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I always do great in Zanies, but... I haven't done stand-up in four years. Is that going to be a problem? Yeah, that's going to be a problem. That's going. That's definitely going to be a problem. But the stage, I'm familiar with the stage. Great. Good. So you know what's going to happen. You know can be, when you don't do it, and if you're doing it poorly, you're, you'll be familiar with it. Yeah, you're used to it. That's my, that my old weather bit. Now that I'm going back to Chicago, the greatest city in the world in the summer. Used to the cold weather out there? Yeah, I'm used to it. When I was in Chicago, that's what I, what I would complain about. Uh, I would always complain about the weather out there because <laughs> that's what I would do. And people were like, yeah, but you're used to it, right? Used to the, used to the cold weather? I love when people say that. You're used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. I'm, f I'm familiar with it. I know what it feels like. I hate it. It's terrible. 50 Cent was shot nine times. He's used to the feeling. He's used to it. He doesn't like it, but he, he's used to it. He knows what it's like. Maybe he likes it. It sells vitamin water or whatever the fuck he's selling. Yeah. Sorry, that's an old bit too. Old weather bit. See, that's what I'm sorry. I'm trying to get my I'm trying to get my chops back up for my shows in Chicago and Milwaukee in the next couple of weeks. Anyway, um, so we're gonna focus in on Tyrell Hatton and Fleetwood. If you want some long shots, I'll, I'll fire, I'll throw out a couple long bombs for us. I just want to keep it focused in. Uh Justin Rose is a classic British Open. Euro player. He's at like 66 to one. Let's find out what his numbers are here. Um, where is he at? Um, we're, we're staying away from your Ricky Fowler's and your Min Moon Lee's got a low, low number. Where is Justin Rose? You got to keep scrolling for him. 
Maybe I can't find him. He didn't back out, did he? I thought he was like 60 to 1. There he is. 50 to 1. Justin Rose, 51. All right. So I'll give out Justin Rose, 50 to 1. Bomb that. And then a couple other uh, long shotters. We're going to do uh, Robert McIntyre. Ma He's a fun one. Mac as in M-A-C, the Scottish way to say Mick. The difference between your Irish and your Scottish, and I'm Irish, of course, Irish descent, Sullivan. Uh, but you're so you got to get your Scott. So you so be careful of your Max. Robert McIntyre, ninety to one, will bomb him. And then of course you back it up with a top ten. Here's a fun top ten I'll give you. I I don't think you can win, but Alexander Bjork, who's hundred and twenty five to one. I'll sprinkle a little bit. But his top 10, this is what I, re I really want to give him for. Because he's he's a top 10 machine in the DP tour, which is the European tour. Now it's called the DP tour. Uh, let me find out what, what his number is there. It is McIntyre's plus 750. That's pretty good. But we're going to go with Alexander Bjork, 8 to 1, top 10. That's one of my favorite bombs right there. Nice long shot. Nice 8 to 1 long shot. He's a top 10 machine in NS, and then McIntyre, the Scott. The problem with Scotland is there's too many Scots. Anyway, and let me give you a couple mat couple matchups. So we have Bjork, 9-1, Aaron Rye, 550-1. He's a good one. Um, I'll throw that out there, too. Aaron Rye, 550, plus 550 for the top 10. He's just been too hot for, for his number. He's... All those numbers are back to normal for those guys. Um, I have one matchup I like. Minwoo Lee, who uh, won this thing. He won the Scottish Open in 2021. And he is playing good. He's, not only does he have course history, or not, but he's won the, the Scottish Open, which is in different places, two years ago. But he's playing great. Minwoo Lee. Go against Max Homa. It's basically minus 120. It's basically a pick em. So that's my big bomb. Minwoo Lee over Max Homa. Bomb. Max Homa is a disaster right now. He's not doing well. Brooks Kepka's calling him out on the live tour for, for uh, hurting his team, the range dogs, or the fucking whatever the hell the bullshit is. He's like, we, he quit on our team. Max Homa doesn't need that shit. I feel bad for Max Homa. He doesn't need Brooks Kepka calling him a quitter and all this shit. How he let the team down. Let the team down? What team? Fuck you, Kepka. Oh, the team you drafted your brother in? You talking about? The LIV team? Who gives a shit about the team? No one even knows who these teams are. Golf's tough. You know, when you're, you're up and you're down, you certainly don't need somebody kicking you when you're down. That's what Kepka's doing to Homa. But we're going to take advantage. We're not going to kick Homa when he's down, but we're going to bet against him. So that's why we like that mid league. Anyway. That's it for my Scottish Open bombs. The Genesis Scottish Open bomb it. And uh, with that, what are we looking at time-wise? 46. Jesus, God. They say the optimal um, podcast episodes are 45 minutes. I haven't come close to wrapping one up in 45 minutes yet since I've created this show. Uh, but anyway, let's go into the box. Lock in Yes. All right. But I want to keep it under an hour, hopefully. Let's do that. See if we can get through that. 
been posting a lot of. I mean, I need to get some content. You gotta get the man in the box content out there. I do the man in the box here. And if you're watching it live, I'm doing the lock-in thing. And then sometimes later, I'll go back and the ones you see online, the promo videos I cut with the with the titles in there with secondary punchlines. I try to recreate them, not to do fake ones, but just like you know, just do uh, box takes. And then I put them out there. And you got to put them out every day. That's how that's how it goes in this biz. You got to be your editor. You got to do it all. You got to be the man in the box. You got to be, you know, self-contained. And I always say the problem with it is now that I've got stuff online and it's getting a lot out there, it's great getting followers, which is great, and views. Not always. I still don't know how the fucking algorithms work. YouTube shorts. Mike, see, the problem with it, it changes every, like, three months. One day they'd be like, all right, Instagram Reels, that's it. Get it out there. And Instagram Reels is the Wild West that throws it out there to everyone. They're competing with TikTok. And then... You do it, and it works, and then nothing. Then it's back to nothing. Now, now it's YouTube Shorts. Got to go over to YouTube Shorts. And I'll post a video on YouTube Shorts. I'll get like 1,000 views within 10 seconds. And then uh, the next one will get two views for a month, and I'll lose followers. Like, what, the, what is going on? I hate it. And then now and then they get in their algorithms. How to go viral? How to get people to click on your views? Use this sound by use this music that's trending. But I don't want to do that shit because then you know you're just getting empty fucking views. Whatever. But then it's not man in a box. I can't just put. <laughs> I should do man in a box. I mean, just with whatever those TikTok songs are. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Or whatever the fucking whatever that shit is. Anyway, so the comments, of course, are always bad. Although I woke up today. To some guy, uh, I should give a shout out, Spanky or somebody, who watched all my videos pretty much and put fun, fun, positive comments. So shout out to you. The very rare positive comments online. So always appreciate that. But anyway, also get bad, bad comments. That 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 comes with it. And as a comic, I'm already used to that, so I don't, I not to pay attention to it. But it's hard not to. It's about you. You read it. So what's hard is not to engage. As a comic, someone says shit to me on stage. I'll. You, you like a heckler. You fire him. You fire him back, and you put them in a place pretty quickly. That's easy. But online, you realize, oh, you're just dealing with the craziest, dumbest people in the world, who don't get it, have nothing to do with the troll. So the comments about me are usually the same. They usually hit the same tropes. Blah blah blah. I don't have to, I don't have to go down that list. But uh, I had one recently. It was kind of funny. The guys, the the commenter was typical. Typical take from a bald, a short, balding guy. You do you, bro, or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> short and balding? But first of all, I'm sitting down in the video. I had a hat on. So maybe, maybe I had a ball cap on him. So maybe he thought because I had a hat, he assumed I was bald because I'm not bald. If anything, I have thick hair. I mean, maybe, maybe it's going back. Maybe it is balding. Now he's, got me, now he's got me thinking about it. Always had thick hair, though. But short, even if I am short, I'm 5'10", but I'm sitting down. Like, it was just a weird, it was just a weird comment. If you're physically looking at me, I, I mean, you, it's obvious what you could go for. Short and bald, it was just odd. I was, that, and then maybe going, do you just have a copy and paste troll thing? Is it, was that meant for Joe Rogan or something? Like, Sorry, wrong guy. I wanted wrong piece of shit. I have a lot of piece of shit critiques fired up that I get into. 
and I threw it on there. If you could pass that on. Anyway, I could have told you that. So that was a weird, uh, weird comment. That's fine though. I could have told you that. That's another thing. I was just saying I got I decided to speaking. Yeah, I've been that. I said usually they're fat comments. I'm trying to I haven't been losing weight. <laughs> what a mystery. I mean, I I'm back on the diet, but I, maybe I just haven't been strict enough. I, I I here's the thing when when you when you diet and you don't lose weight, you like to blame any minor thing that could possibly be. What do you start? What do you what, what's in this half and half? Oh, it's in on I'm doing deep dive researches on almond milk because I splash a coffee with almond milk. It must be the almond milk. That's why I can't lose a fucking pound, even though I do nothing. I'm not active enough. That's my problem. Um, but my latest bl thing I'm blaming for not losing weight is this uh, liquid HIV, the liquid IV shit. That's like all the rage now, where people you 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 put in your water those packets of powder that to hydrate. People they use it for hangovers too, I guess. But it's all supposed to nutrient. It's supposed to hydrate better. I was like, you got to do this. You got to use that. And um, the one I use, whatever, and I just found out through an Instagram ad, the one I've been using has 11 grams of fucking sugar in it. It might as well be a pack of Kool-Aid. And that blew me away. I'm like, ah, well, that's it. This has got to go. And they're expensive, too. I just took a whole fucking, I just took a whole bag, brought into the studio, drop, dropped it off as a gift. Liquid IV. Is that what it's called? It is awful. Here it is right here. Faster hydration of water alone. I mean, it's good. It's good stuff. It makes your water taste good and there's hydration, but it's fucking sugar. This should be outlawed. This is reckless. You can, And then it'll tell you, you can't put 11 grams of sugar in something and not tell the customer. And my water, you can't have sugar water. I might as well be drinking a goddamn Mexican Coke. Or an orange Fantina. At least I'll enjoy that. My sister told me about it. She, she goes, I could have told you that. I love when people say that. Well, I could have told you that. Well, you didn't, did you? Well, you didn't ask. I just assumed you knew. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Not you. Carry on. But people who say that. I, well, I could have told you that. No, yeah, you didn't, though, did you? I know. I just, I just thought everyone knew that because I knew that. No, I didn't. Uh, anyway, shout out to Party Production. <laughs> She's a realtor in the West Coast, and apparently she sold that guy's CEO of Liquid IV's place. And he's an asshole. Go figure. Go figure. A CEO of some new fucking drink powder is a piece of shit. Speaking of that, did you see that Logan Paul energy drink? What's that called? Grind or Pure? What is it? Let me. See. What's it called? Yeah, Logan Paul Energy Drink. It's like fucking blowing off the prime, it's called. It's like blowing off the markets because he's Logan Paul and he teamed up with some other guys and some other influencer. And now Congress is coming after him because it's got like it's got like six times the amount of caffeine than like a cup of coffee or something. Something insane. Like Jesus. I always love that. I always love that about five hour energy. Five hour energy. I don't know. I still don't know how that shit was legal. The commercials for it. I remember those old commercials for it. Like, who's got time to make coffee? It's like some guy banging around pots and like 
Take a fucking five hour energy. It was like an ad for cocaine. Get 4,000% of your recommended vitamin B12. That's like 30 years of oranges. What? How is this healthy for you? Anyway. <laughs> um, what did I want to say? Oh, I want to talk about dining theaters since I'm here in a box. Um, like I said, I saw Mission Impossible a day early last night. Select theaters only. That's my favorite thing, too, in movies when they do select theaters. Select towns, which means L.A. and New York. When they screen an independent movie, we'll, we'll decide, America, if you're ready in, for Joyride or not. Okay? We'll, we'll, do, we'll do an early screening. And then we'll decide if you're mentally <laughs> mature enough to handle the new... We'll give you Mission Impossible, but not, you know, I think, uh, whatever. Juno, if you can handle it. If you can handle the intelligence of an art house film, we'll decide that. Select select cities and select theaters. Anyway, but no, we so I, I saw that the Wes Anderson one before at, at the Alamo Draft House. This is a neat thing. So movie theaters, movie theaters are, you know, they know they're they're losing business, obviously. It wasn't just COVID before that. Uh, people didn't want to go to the movies because the home viewing experience is just so great. You're at home. It's hard to get you away from home. You're at your couch, your TV, you're set. It's just like a movie theater. And you get to movies basically two weeks afterwards. So now, so movie theaters have to recreate that experience and try to get you out. So they give you like Barca loungers, these amazing reclining chairs that you fall asleep in. And now they like to serve you full meals. They do a whole thing. I was at the Alamo Draft House, which is downtown LA. They're all over the place. I don't want to run them. There's a whole West Anderson. They, they do a, theirs is more of like, a, oh, we're into the movies too. So you hit a button as a buzzer and then you write down your order on a piece of paper and then you hold up the piece of paper in there. But now I have to write something out. I haven't done that in years. Have you ever write, written a fucking note? I mean, I do because I have papers and passion, baby. But, uh, so they gave me a salad with no dressing. So I had a dry salad. And I wanted to refill a Coke Zero, too. Because I paid like $9 for a Coke Zero. But I'm like, at least I'll get refills. But it's like a regular... It wasn't even a movie theater character. It was like a regular cup. So I'm like, at least I'll get refills. But my buzzer wasn't working. So first I'm writing down side of Caesar dressing. But I couldn't remember... I was getting self-conscious about how to spell Caesar. Is it A-E or E-A? So I just crossed it out and put house... Give me house dressing. I basically foghorn leghorned my order. Give me, see, 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 you know, just whatever, ranch, right? I can spell ranch. So that never came because the buzzer didn't work. The one, everyone in my whole row, everyone else is triple fisting. They're getting champagne. They're having a great time. So then I had my buddy Nick next to me. I'm like, you hit your buzzer. So they came and I gave him my paper from that and she just took him and threw it away. Nope, you got to hit it from yours. My buzzer doesn't work. So I didn't, I can't give a good or bad review of the Wes Anderson movie because the entire time I was just thinking about how I'm paying fucking $9 for a single Coke Zero that I'm not going to get a refill because the button's not working. And I couldn't leave because I had my credit card. 
I tried it again last night. Not at the Alamo. This time I went to the for the I guess she offered me a refund. I didn't hear her. She said, Do you want a refund? I'm like, I wanted a refill. All I wanted was a fucking refill. So they do the popcorn or whatever, and the way and the wait stuff, they crawl to you. They they're ninjas. That's what they said. So I went to the look-in theater in Glendale. Discount that for Mission Impossible. Same situation. Reclining chairs, and they get wait staff. They come, they... you. But this time, you order from your phone. No writing. You order from your phone, credit card. I had mishaps with that as well. <laughs> they advertise on their site. We have a ninja waiting staff. These are their words. We have a ninja wait staff. They don't bother the movie. You won't even... They're like crawling. You won't even know they're there. You knew they were there. One guy comes by, okay, Coke Zero, table 10, and just drop, throws it straight down. One guy's got a cart like he's selling hot dogs at a ball game. He's like, hot dog? Hey, he's got like 40 sodas. I have 40 sodas here. The whole first half hour of the movie, is just, it's, like a bus, it's like a bus term or train term or whatever. Just people coming through. Anyway, I got double charged for a soda there, too. And you, know, you don't even know who to fucking complain to for those things. But, ah. Uh, that's what you get for not seeing a superhero movie in the box. Um, yeah, that's gonna do that. That's gonna do it for the box. I run I run out of momentum with my rants because when you are the man in a box, it's just you and you're like, who am I complaining to? What am I doing? I am losing my goddamn mind for what anyway we're over an hour like i said i try to i try to stop this right now and i gotta stop this show from being over an hour i gotta get it from 45 minutes so anyway thank you everyone for listening to the bottom line boss make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review or one star whatever just leave a review if you can on spotify itunes whatever i don't think spotify lets you use reviews um other than that follow me on the socials, Instagram, CJ Sullivan was taken is on Instagram. That's my Threads account too. Uh, Twitter, it's just at CJ Sullivan underscore. YouTube at Bottom Line Bombs. If you want to follow me there, also at CJ Sullivan. But go to at Bottom Line Bombs. You got all a bunch of these men in the boxes. Um, Chicago, I'm coming to you this Saturday. I'll be at the Laugh Factory, seven early show. I used to do all three. Now I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to do all three. Maybe I'll do the late one too. But I'll be there Saturday night, Laugh Factory on Broadway in Belmont. Great club ran by Curtis Shaw. Great, great, great club managers. One of the best in the country. Love them. Uh, can't wait to see old friends there. Um, I'll probably be at Galway Bay, a bar on Diversity. And uh, Sharon Broad, 500 West Diversity, the best damn bar in Chicago. Owned by my man Nolan Rafferty and Jay. Um, staying with him. Let's see. Monday, I think I'm going to the Cubs game with Bill O'Donnell. Or Tuesday, I think I am. Monday or Tuesday, they played the Nats. They played the Red Sox this weekend. I don't want to go to that. Uh, that what an ultimate douchebag series that is. Cubs and Red Sox fans. Holy shit. At Wrigley this weekend. I'm going to wait and go to the Nats game on Tuesday. Because Monday, I think I'm going to the comedy bar. One of those other nights. Wednesday... Well, I guess I can plug these next week when I do my shows on Monday and Wednesday. You know what? Let me just stick it at that. (laughs) 
But next Wednesday, a week from now, will be a community you should know. Timothy O'Toole's in Chicago. And then weekend after that, and then I'll go up to uh, Milwaukee and do an entire weekend at the Improv in Deerfield, Milwaukee. Not this weekend, but next weekend with uh, TJ Miller. So that'll be great. So if you're in Chicago, come on out and see the man in the box. Laugh Factory Saturday night. It's going to be a great time. It holds like three, 400 people, so come on out. And if not, you'll see me at Galway Bay. All right, that's going to do it for the bottom line bombs. Thank you. I am the man in the box. Catholics don't do that. <laughs> Catholics don't do that. Catholics don't do that. Ha, ha, ha.